0: Well, good to see everybody this morning. I'm excited to continue our, our teaching on uh, Sandal Summer, and I hope you're having a good summer so far. I hope you're ready just to dive into God's Word and unpack all that He has for us. We've had some, some great teachings from Pastor Rob and from Pastor Darren, and I hope that I can continue the same. But I, I gotta be honest, as we get rolling here, I gotta, I gotta share something. I gotta get something off my chest. I gotta get something off, off my feet, so to speak. I am not a fan of feet. It's going to let you know, I'm not a fan of feet. And so, so when, when, when I saw Sandal Summer was coming down the pike, I'm like, ooh, that's, that's going to be hard for me to, to, to wrap my mind around. And here's the deal. Feet, feet I, I, again, some of you have pu- pretty feet. You have great feet. Men and women, actually met a guy yesterday that t- told me about the benefits of uh, pedicures. So this, he's actually a believer. Okay, all right, there it is, okay. Um, here's the deal with feet, though. Feet can be some of the most unkept things on our body, okay? I'm just letting you know, uh, feet can be not, not pleasant to look at. Uh, some of our feet, I'm not naming any names, but they can be stinky, okay? So I'm just letting you know, uh, they're not super desirable in my mind. I believe that we need to treat feet like, like guns, conceal and carry. Just put them away. I don't wanna see them. I know they're there, I know you have them, but I just don't wanna see them, okay? Conceal and carry, out of sight, out of mind for me. Here's the deal, though. There's a difference between sandals and flip flops. Uh, from time to time, I will rock a, a good pair of flip flops on a hot summer day. My, my, my toes like a, a cool summer breeze. That's fine. I can do that. Uh, I, I will allow them to to experience a summer breeze, but I'm just not into sandals. Uh, some of you, you're a little bit like me. You're like, you know what? I don't like feet, but I do like sandals. I don't like sandals, but some of you are like, I like sandals. If you don't like feet, but you like sandals, you probably came walking in here this morning looking something like this. <laughs> I'm not judging. I'm just saying that's probably how you're rolling. That, that's, that's your prerogative. Okay, you do you. I'll do me. All right. That's fine. Uh, but wouldn't you know, wouldn't you know, uh, Sandal Summer, the actual topic that I received today, the actual text is all about feet. I have to preach all about feet this morning. So God is stretching me. And here's what I've learned in life. If you're going to do something well in life, or if you're going to achieve something and do it to the best of your ability, you have to completely sell out. you got to sell out with anything that you desire to do well. So this morning, church, I'm a sellout. I am selling out. I do not, I do not own a pair of sandals. I've only put sandals on a few times in my life, specifically starting yesterday at noon when I went to Target and then once at, at, at the 5 o'clock service, once this morning at 9.30, but this is going to be the fourth time, right? Yeah, the fourth time I'm going to preach the rest of this message in a pair of clunky fake leather sandals, okay? So here we go. Put these on. This is all for you guys. This is all for you because I just want to be your neighbor. Um, I don't know why this music's playing right now. We're just going to do this. Um So seriously, I have yet to figure out how to put these on in an effective, efficient way. There's so many straps. I know how to tie shoes, I don't need Velcro. So we're gonna put these on. Actually, folks, what's happening is that um, the staff we all pitched in, we decided to give these away to Pastor John as his going away present. So I'm actually breaking these in for him. And uh, so we're just gonna do that. He's really excited to get these. Okay, here we go. I'm probably going to get blisters because I'm probably not doing this right. Panties are awkward. How do you guys do these things? I don't even know. Okay. All right. They are on. I'm good. Sandals are on. Sandal summer. It's a sandal summer, and uh, I'm about as vulnerable as I can get right now, okay? I'm just letting you know I could not feel more awkward in this moment in these sandals, but... Um, We're doing it. Okay, enough of my feet. Let's get to focus on something a little bit more appealing, which is going to be God's word, God's scripture. So Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7. This is our text we're going to focus on. It says this. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, Israel, your God reigns. Isaiah 52, verse 7. There is a lot of, of goodness packed in to this one verse, but essentially when, when you look at what God is asking us to do in terms of bringing good news, proclaiming peace, good tidings, salvation, your God reigns, God is essentially using Isaiah to communicate that it is amazing, it is good for us to bring good news, that, that whenever good news comes about, it it, it, is, it is life-changing, it is life-giving, and we need to be all about proclaiming God's good news. Now here's, here's the deal, Isaiah, he didn't he didn't say blessed, or, or I'm sorry. He wasn't talking about uh, someone, someone's hands that the hands are beautiful. He wasn't talking about someone's personality being beautiful. He wasn't talking about someone's even heart being beautiful. Isaiah, God was using Isaiah to communicate that that it is the feet because the feet carry the message, and the message that they carry is beautiful. So, so these feet, they're they're, they're not manicured, they're not tanned, they're not well kept, they're not bunion free. These feet, folks, these feet are probably worn, they're tattered, they're, they're scarred, they're, they're weathered, maybe a little dirty, because these feet are, are, are in action. They are moving, they are taking ground, they are, they are going places with an amazing message. And it is that message that makes these feet beautiful. So, so we are we are going to look at we're going to look at this passage and just unpack it just just a little more. But I want you to know as we get started, God wants us to be the feet that carry His amazing message of good news. God wants to use us. God wants to say, you know what, so and so, your feet are beautiful not because they're they're great to look at, but because the message that you carry it's amazing, it's good news, it's life-changing. And and wherever you go, you are carrying this amazing message of of faith and of good news. And so um, we we can't miss, there are a few uh, quick things that that Isaiah tells us to proclaim. The first thing is this, peace, very simply peace. And Jesus is the Prince of Peace, right? Wherever Jesus is, he brings peace. When, When Jesus was born, the angel declared Peace on earth, right? So, so Jesus came to proclaim peace to all men, specifically to those that believe in Him and accept Him as Lord and Savior. Jesus came to bring about peace. Right now in this world, there is worry, there is anxiousness, there is fear, there is a lot going on uh, through, throughout our lives in this world that, that, that brings about the opposite of peace. But Jesus comes and says, You know what? I bring peace. I bring peace. And so we got to let people know that that God desires to bring peace into every heart. And we can communicate those thoughts because we have peace within us. So God desires to bring peace. Some of you right now, you need to stop looking at my feet, okay? This is really awkward, all right? Focus on the message. All right, there it is. I had paparazzi last night. I had several people taking pictures of my feet while I was preaching. Um, I had to get security, get them out of here, okay? The next thing. That, that, that we're, we are to proclaim as good tidings. We are to bring good news and good tidings. Here's the deal. When, when, when God finished his creation, he looked back and he said, you know what? It's good. This is good. God, God proclaimed goodness upon all that he created. Satan came and he destroyed, he corrupted what God made good. God, God, God therefore, then sent his son Jesus to make what was good that, w- that was then destroyed and corrupted. God, God sent his son Jesus to make it good again. God came to make it good again. Guess what? There are are people walking around with a lot of negativity, with a lot of baggage, with a lot of hurt, with a lot of pain, with a lot of bad news. So we come and we proclaim good tidings and, 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 we, and we basically share God's thoughts that when, when God looks at us, he sees goodness. We, we proclaim God's goodness upon people and it begins to change things. It changes things. So God wants to bring good from our sin, from our brokenness, from our pain. And God desires for us to proclaim his goodness upon other people. I was thinking about my neighbor the other day. And I was like, man, I haven't seen my neighbor in in several weeks. And so I was driving home one day and and I saw him and I'm like, you know what? It's a little late, but I'm going to I'm going to park my car. I'm not going to go inside my house. I'm going to go right across the street. He's outside. We're actually going to talk this summer. And so I walked across the street. I said, hey, neighbor, what's going on? And we started talking about life and having a great conversation. Well, throughout, throughout the conversation, I asked, so, so what's, what's the rest of your summer look like? What, like, what's going on? You got big plans. He's like, actually, he's like, uh, I'm going to be spending about six to eight weeks at Mayo. He's like, I've discovered uh, I have cancer. And, and he's like, you know, all throughout the fall, October, November, December, I had this pneumonia, congestion. Doctors could not figure it out. Finally, in January, it was discovered I have cancer. And he's like, so I, he's like, I literally have to move my, my wife and my, my, my three boys. We are moving to Mayo, uh, moving in down there for six, eight weeks. And we're every day it's treatment, it's doctors, and they're, they're going to try to fix me and cure me. And so as he was sharing positive guy, but I, I could sense the heaviness of bad news. And, and just as he's sharing, he's like, just, and he wasn't talking about Jesus, but, but I realized in that moment, he is looking to doctors for the cure, which we, we, we can look that direction, but he needs the hope. He needs the good news of Jesus. He needs good tidings that Jesus wants to bring good from his broken situation. And so again, there are people all around us. We got to simply open our eyes and step out and offer good news to those that, that truly need it. Uh, the third thing that Isaiah speaks about is salvation. The main message of, of the gospel is all about salvation, salvation through Jesus Christ. And, and when we embrace Jesus for all these worth, we embrace salvation, we embrace lordship, and Jesus becomes everything. So the good news is that Jesus desires salvation for everyone, everybody. There may be someone in your life that you feel is so far gone. Guess what? Jesus desires for his salvation to come into that person's life. And so Romans chapter 10, verse 9 tells us, if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts, salvation is ours. Jesus becomes real. Confess with the mouth, believe in the heart. And so I want to let you know at at the end of service, we're going to have an opportunity for for, for those to do that. If you have yet to make Jesus your Savior, you are going to do that, and it's going to be a wonderful day for you. So there is is one more thing that that I got to cover that, that Isaiah talks about, but we understand that we're supposed to bring peace. We understand we're supposed to bring good tidings. We understand that we're supposed to bring the word of salvation into people's life. But there is a gap between those three things and this last thing that Isaiah talks about. There is a gap. And, and for some of us, that gap is a chasm. And we've fallen into that chasm and we're stuck that we understand we're supposed to bring good news. We understand we are part of a church that has a vision to serve your city and to send out missionaries and to, to, to raise funds uh, to, to promote God's goodwill and, and, and the word of Jesus all around the world. We understand that we are a church that is all about Matthew 28, to go and make disciples of all nations. We understand that and we feel good about it. But when it comes to the personal application of taking Jesus and his good news out, outside of these four walls, there is a gap for some of us. I would say there's a gap for most of us. And, and, and this gap is, is, is caught up in, in the, the very last thing that Isaiah talks about. He talks about this, our God reigns. Isaiah says that we are to proclaim that our God reigns. And, and again, when you think about our God reigns, what Jesus did, Jesus came, came into, this, into this world and he said, you know what? I'm going to establish my father's kingdom. And and my goal, Jesus said, is to do the will of my father, which is all about making his kingdom known here on earth. And so Jesus came down, he established God's kingdom. And when God's kingdom was established, Jesus said, "Okay, I am Lord of it all. And, And Jesus said, I want to be Lord of all of your life, not just parts of it or pieces of it. I need to be your savior and the Lord of all. And so what happens is that we come into church and, and we, we, we live out religion and we, we live out engaging, embracing relationship and Jesus becomes our savior, but then we have to work on Jesus becoming Lord of it all. It is easy to say, Jesus, I give you these three things of my life, raising my family, my, my brokenness, my sin. I'm, I'm, giving you, I'm giving you these things because I see that I, that, that I truly need your help. But Jesus, I don't know if I'm ready to make you Lord over my finances. Jesus, I don't know if I'm ready to make you Lord over my career. Jesus, I don't know if I'm ready to make you Lord over over broken relationships, over this, this pain and hurt. Jesus, I don't know if I'm ready to make you Lord over, over this sin that I am ashamed of, this, this secret that I have. We, we hold back. We, we give Jesus part of it. We give Jesus opportunity to, to truly be our Savior, but we hold back making Jesus Lord of all. And when we hold back from Jesus, we begin to have a limited understanding of his power and his goodness. We just have a limited, we, I mean, we understand it, but the scope is limited. And it limits our ability, it truly does, it limits our ability to share the good news. We, we, are, we just have a limited perspective of this good news that God has asked us to proclaim And again, we are the messengers of the good news. And if we have a limited perspective, we are selling all of that good news short of its power and potential. And God wants us, again, to own it, to live in it, to surrender everything to to Jesus so that the good news can be ours. Here's the deal, folks. I am am feeling challenged right now as I wear these sandals, right? But I, I had to make a decision. When I thought about it yesterday, I'm like, okay, either I'm gonna talk about the illustration of wearing sandals or I'm gonna sell out, go all in and I'm, I'm gonna put them on against my better judgment, against against my image that I got going on. I'm not a sandals guy. I'm all in, I'm, I'm just, I'm selling out. So I'm wearing the sandals, right? And, and, and that, that's what God is asking. So I said, we gotta go all in, stop holding back. You gotta sell out to to, to to the life that God has called you. And, and, and when you do that, you can fully own the good news. Uh, for... Uh, for the first two years of ministry, I struggled. I struggled because I, I did not fully identify w- with, with what it meant to be a pastor by my own definition. And I struggled because I'm like, ah, I don't know if I fit. And I don't know if this is, this is the, the, the path I wanna be on. And, and I, I wrestled and I wrestled. And, and what, what I came to find out, much of the wrestle was about me. I was wrestling with myself. I was wrestling with my own insecurities. I was wrestling with my own desires, my own will. And I had yet to fully surrender every area to Jesus. But when when, when I was able to surrender and make it more about Jesus than than myself, things began just to make sense. Things things became clear. My vision, my perspective, the good news that God wanted me to proclaim, it became real for me because I was able to surrender to, to, to the lordship of Jesus. As I prayed about this topic, again, I had to really sort through this whole feet topic as I prayed about this, uh, what, what, what I was sensing was that God wanted us to know that we need to own this. If, if this good news is truly going to be good news for others, it's got to be good news for us first. And we have to truly own it and live it and, and just envelop our lives in the good news of Jesus. Our Lord has to reign in our life. So I went to Scripture and, and I found something interesting. There's three times throughout Scripture that the Apostle Paul says that the gospel that, that, that he is talking about, the, the, the actual gospel of Jesus Christ, he refers to it as my gospel. He says, This gospel, my gospel that I am communicating throughout Romans and, and, and different parts of, of the actual New Testament, he's saying, This is my gospel. So he's taking a, a possessive position to someone else's gospel, which is Jesus, but he, for some reason he was able to take it and make it his own, and he said, This is my gospel. He's communicating his gospel. Paul figured something out. And, and here's the deal. Paul was, was viciously attacking uh, the, the actual establishment of, of the, 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 the church of Jesus Christ. And, and he, was, he was coming against everyone that was following Jesus. And Jesus was getting his church established. And Paul was viciously attacking them, trying to destroy and squash out the, 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 the actual church. And what happened is that Jesus got a, hold, got a hold of Paul and changed everything. And when Jesus got a hold of Paul... Paul realized that in this moment, this grace, this undeserved grace fell upon him and it rested upon him. And that grace changed everything. So then Paul starts toting the gospel of grace. Jesus revealed a whole different level of grace that he had never seen before or experienced before. Uh, people weren't necessarily talking about this grace, but Paul experiences this grace, this, and it was, it was an aspect of the gospel, but he begins to experience this grace because he was so far gone. This grace message of the gospel becomes the message that Paul begins to tote, and he talks about it, and he preaches it. Grace, grace, living grace, and Paul began, begins to internalize this aspect of the gospel that, 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 is, that is all about the grace of Jesus and the grace of our heavenly father. And that becomes his message that he communicates and he writes about it and he preaches it. And it's powerful. But guess what, folks? The only way for Paul to actually do that, to, to make this message his own, was that he was able to experience the good news for himself. And that good news was experienced in the powerful grace of Jesus Christ. No one can refute your own experience. No one can argue your experience. No one can talk about your experience like you can. And so, church, we got to press in and lean in and experience the love and the good news of Jesus. And when we experience Jesus for all that he's worth, all of a sudden, in our finances, my God reigns. In my career and calling, my God reigns. In my family, my friendships, My God reigns. And and then all of a sudden, this message of good news pervades into every area of your life. And there is not one area that God doesn't reign. And then this message of good news, it's succinct, it's seamless, it's articulate, and it just flows because there's nothing you're holding back. It's all for Jesus. The good news has impacted every area of your life and it is all for Jesus. So Paul shared this gospel message from his own story. You share the gospel message. You share the good news from your own story. It's not someone else's story. It's your story. It's your experience because you have, have gotten yourself close to Jesus. Paul lived out, lived this out, this surrender, owning, owning the, 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 the good news. And this is what he says about it. This is what he figured out. Romans chapter 10 says, How then can they call on the one? they have not not yet believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all for the Israelites accepted, I'm sorry, but not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Leave that up here real quick. So if the message is going to be heard, someone needs to speak the word about Jesus Christ. And that someone is the messenger whose feet are beautiful. And and those with beautiful feet are all of us in this room. Jesus desired us to have beautiful feet. And we are to take the message of Jesus Christ and we are to proclaim all the aspects of his good news. And when we do that, the message of Jesus is heard. And when it's heard, it impacts the heart. And when it impacts the heart, people say, you know what? Jesus, I believe you're my Savior. Become my Lord. Because they see the story in the experience lived out in your own life. That's how it works. And again, I was thinking about, I was thinking about this message and, and the actual, well, like, why do we stop short of sharing more of Jesus, of more of his good news? And I believe that, that it is found in what, in what Paul has discovered, that we need to let the good news be our story, and when it's our story, it begins to take ownership, and Jesus reigns in every area of our life. So Paul reminds us about the power of the good news, that it has to be passed on and spoken about. So a couple quick things. This is very simple. We need to get the word out about Jesus. We need to get the word out about his good news. The first thing, very simply, is tell your story. You got to tell, tell someone about your salvation story, because guess what, church? Your salvation story is your best story. You may have a lot of good stories. Some of you have some great jokes, but I'm going to let you know in this moment, your best story that you have is your salvation story. And it starts with telling people that that we love, people that that are close to us. I thought about my kids as I I prepared for this. I thought about, Lord, have I told my kids succinctly about my salvation story? I've told my nine-year-old, but I don't remember telling my seven-year-old. Conviction in that moment. Conviction is like, okay, I got I'm being pressed. God's making me aware. I need to tell my seven year old about my salvation story. I, I need to let her know about how Daddy found Jesus and how Jesus changed everything. I got to tell my story. That's my best story. And so I encourage you. Uh, give yourself an assignment right now. Who are you going to tell? Who are you going to tell your best story to? Your best story is is the good news of Jesus. Who are you going to tell that good news to? It could be friends. It could be family. It could be coworkers. It could be, it could be someone that, that, that you see every week. Maybe maybe it's a neighbor. You need to tell someone about the good news of Jesus because you got to tell your story. You got to get the word out there. So assign yourself someone right now. Next thing, very simply, is you got to discover what makes the good news so good for you. Why is it good news for you? And, and again, thinking about what Paul did, it, it becomes good for you When when, when you focus on that experience, what's my story? Where was was the change? Where was the breakthrough? I alluded to it, but for me, my story, the the gospel message that that, that I'm going to tote is wrapped up in identity. I had to find my identity in myself in Jesus. Because when that happened, things began to really change in my life because I had to surrender my will, who I was, my own insecurities and, and things, things that I felt like were holding me back. I had to surrender all of those things and, and envelop myself in the identity of Jesus Christ. For some, it could be forgiveness. Man, you just, you, you, you got, a, you got a, a history and a lineage of sin, things that you're ashamed of, things that you just, you, you, you wish you could take back. You can't take them back, but guess what? Jesus can heal. Jesus can forgive. So you have walked into the amazing forgiveness of Jesus. That becomes the the, the actual gospel message, the good news that that you begin to share and and just really preach about. For others, it could be healing. You have deep heart wounds. Maybe, Maybe there's family wounds. Maybe there's relational wounds. You have wounds upon your heart that Jesus has healed. That becomes your message. For others, it is the freedom from addiction. It is the freedom from from sexual sin. It it, it is the freedom from drug or alcohol. Jesus brought freedom. He set the captive free. That that is your message. That is the story that you are going to tell. So again, you got to discover what makes the good news so good for you. Lastly, you got to understand your call as a messenger, You got to understand that that, that you have a call as a messenger and it is powerful. God has called you to share his good news. God has called you to have beautiful feet and God wants to send you out. And what a privilege it is to be sent out by our heavenly father with the good news of Jesus Christ. What a privilege. I hope that you sense this this ownership of this good news and what a blessing it is that God shows you and your brokenness with your story, with, with all of your issues, God wants to use you to communicate the, 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 the spoken word of Jesus so that others may hear, so that others may believe, and then their lives are changed. I have a story I'm gonna share real quick about a man named William Borden, and he was, he was a part of a family that, that was very affluent, and he was born into significant affluence. And I have a picture here right here I'm gonna show you. And William Borden was, was a young man that, that had a that had resource at his fingertips. He was, he was in line to inherit millions as he was a part of this Borden family. And they, they, they made several million dollars of uh, uh, selling milk and, and, and selling real estate. But William Borden, he found Jesus at a young age. And he, he went on to Yale and, and, and on to Princeton to further his education. And somewhere along the lines, he felt a call into missions. So he said, you know what, Lord, I, I will go. So he felt called uh, to, to be a missionary to, to northern China. So he went off to, to Cairo, Egypt, to get training, to be this missionary. People were wondering, like, what is he doing? He's throwing away his future, uh, all of his wealth, all of his resources. He's, he's traded in for what? People are questioning his life. But William Borden went off because he felt the Lord was calling him to surrender it all, that, that he said, you know what? My Lord is going to reign over every area of my life, even my future, even my call. So two years into his training in Cairo, Egypt, uh, William Borden got extremely sick and he passed away. He died. He never made it to, to, to his mission field, Northern China. And, and fast forward just to, to, to a few years ago, Pastor Rob and, and a, few other, a few others of our leadership team, they were in Egypt and they were able to be at the gravesite of William Borden. And, and there's this artifact and, and, and there's these three words, no reserve, no retreat, no regrets. And in William Borden's Bible, what he penned was those, those, those three different phrases. And his mom and dad, as, as they went to, to, to be a part of his actual burial in, in Egypt, they, they received his Bible. And when they opened his Bible, that's what they saw. He surrendered it all to Jesus desiring to proclaim the good news, to have beautiful feet. And he had to have this mentality to be successful in it. He had to sell out. And what he sold out to was this, no reserves, no retreat, no regrets. It's all for you, Jesus. I desire to share the good news. I desire to have beautiful feet wherever it may take me, Egypt, Northern China, wherever it is, I will proclaim the good news of Jesus. And there is no reserve, no retreat, and no regrets. And as Pastor Robin and and, and many, many, many of our leaders were at his gravesite, the vision to send out 500 missionaries became alive and apparent. That we need to have a mentality as a church that we have no reserves, no retreat, no regret. And we need to let our people have that same mission. And we need to send out people with the amazing good news of Jesus Christ.